All right, so um, last week we were in Acts chapter 15. If you have a Bible, flip it open or scroll through to Acts chapter 16. So we're going to be in chapter 16 this week. If you remember from last week, Paul and Barnabas are about to go on their second missionary journey to visit all of the churches that they established in their first missionary journey. And so they have this sharp dispute, it says. And so on the first journey, they also took Mark with them at the beginning of the journey. And for some reason, apparently no good reason, um, Mark left them. And, Bar- and uh, excuse me, Paul did not want to take Mark with them on the second journey. He didn't trust him, I guess. Barnabas wanted to give him a second chance, and there was such dispute, sharp dispute, emphasis on the sharp, that they decided to kind of go their separate way with this. And so Paul took a guy named, from the Jerusalem church named Silas, and they went out to visit a bunch of the churches, and then Barnabas took Mark, and they went to Cyprus, and that's how chapter 15 ended. Chapter 16, as that unfolds, Paul and Silas head out on their journey, And along the way, they meet a young man named Timothy. And Timothy, Paul really likes Timothy. So much so that he invites him to come with them on the second missionary journey. And so the two of them, Paul and Silas, become three. Paul, Silas, and now Timothy. And they go out to encourage the churches and share with the churches the decision of that Jerusalem council that we read about at the beginning of uh, chapter 15. So they go to share you know, the results of this council and to encourage the churches. And what they find is the churches are doing really well, right? They're they're strengthened in the Lord, they're encouraged, and they're growing. The kingdom is expanding, okay? And then we get to verse six. And verses six through 10 is really where I wanna spend most of our time here this morning. Somehow, some way in these verses, God speaks, God communicates with Paul and his companions in an undeniable way. So check it out, verse six, chapter 16. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Hmm. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Hmm. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night a man of Macedonia standing there urged him, urging him, and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Hmm. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go into Macedonia, concluding, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Well, that, that is a little bit of a different experience than probably most of us get to experience with the Lord. And if I'm honest, there's something about this that makes me just a little bit uncomfortable, probably like many of us in this room. For me, the most formative years in in my faith and kind of forming my faith um, were spent here at the chapel. And very clearly here at the chapel, we have a very high view of this, right? And we would say things like, well, the primary way that we hear from God is through God's word, right? And so I grew up, I don't know, grew up in the faith, hearing that, and I, and I deeply believed that. I also remember when I was younger, I had a relative uh, who professed to be a Christian, but was also kind of a conspiracy theorist, and I remember, probably late teens, she pulled me aside one day, and she was convinced that God had spoken to her and told her things like when the end of the world was coming, when Jesus was coming back, and it was happening very soon, and she knew who the Antichrist was going to be. 
I won't tell you who she said it was. But needless to say, even though she heard from the Lord, it didn't happen the way that she said it would. And so I read this and I admit before you that I have kind of a personal aversion to the phrase, God told me or God said to me. Like it, it, for me, it kind of instantly turns on my caution lights. And so I read this passage where God, God speaks, right? I read this passage with a strange mix of, of kind of caution and uneasiness, but then also intrigue and curiosity, and if I'm honest, a little bit of jealousy. Because in spite of my own personal aversion to the phrase God told me, God clearly spoke to Paul in, in, undeni in undeniable ways, plural, right? And apparently, Silas and Timothy agreed that God communi communicated with Paul because it says, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Immediately, we believed that what Paul said was true and that God had called us there. Incidentally, this is the first time in the book of Acts that the writer of the book of Acts, which is Luke, which is the same guy that wrote the gospel of Luke, this is the first time as he's writing that he uses um, the first person, that he uses we in here. And so apparently somewhere along the way on this missionary journey, Luke is picked up with them as well. And Luke is also affirming that what God was calling them to was to go to Macedonia. And so here's my question to you. Like, what do you, what do, you do with this passage? You know, like was this kind of, of personal and specific communication from God something that just happened in the early church to a select few? And, and the specifics here are simply descriptive and, and, you know, not something that we'll ever really experience today. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't expect to, to hear the Holy Spirit communicate to us in, in personal, specific ways. It was for a prior time, you know, in a prior place to a prior few group of people. I'll tell you, I have a friend, a dear friend, who at one point was really struggling in his faith. And one of his biggest points of contention was that what he read in the Bible about God's kind of personal, intimate, communicative relationship with the people there seemed really different than the kind of relationship that he experienced with the Father. In fact, he said to me something to the effect of, I feel like I'm trying to have a deep and personal relationship with God, but I don't think he's trying to have one with me. Like, like meaning God felt impersonal to him. God felt distant to him, very different than what he read about in the scriptures. And so again, is this something that, that just kind of happened back then? Or does God still speak to us today? Does God still communicate in specific ways to his church today? Well, I'll tell you, you know, back in December when I came over here to the Akron campus, I think I stood on this stage and I said, I feel like God has called me here. Why, why am I here? I was at Green for the last three years. Why did I volunteer to come here? Because I, I feel like God has called me to come here. And that was a result of, you know, there's a whole backstory to that. And there was some pretty intense prayer that went along with that. And I'll bet many of you have a lot of similar stories that you could tell, right? Where you're lifting something up and you feel like God has communicated something very specifically to you. 
Here's another question. How do we know it's God speaking to us and not ourselves, or worse yet, the enemy? Well, these verses aren't a whole lot of help in answering that, right? All we know from this is that Paul and his companions clearly and immediately discerned that this was the Lord communicating to them, right? They somehow, immediately, they knew that it was God leading them. But how do we know the Lord's voice, right? How do we discern that, these are God, that this is God speaking to us, that this is God communicating with us? Well, look back at our passage. So, so they, they understand God saying, don't go to Asia, don't go to Bithynia, instead go to Macedonia, right? So were they right? Was God calling them to Macedonia? Well, let's look at it. Verse 11, 